Yeah, so the introduction that's going to be on a beat tape I'm doing, and I'm just taking my headphones off for the moment. I'm recording on Audacity for this podcast because I was having some issues with my program, but about that uh, instrumentation that you heard, uh, that's something I created. Uh, it's going to be on my beat tape. Um, I'm going to be putting it out in uh, January, a little, like almost like a month after my mixtape, you know, just, just to put out a little bit of something different and uh, stay active. And I have quite a quite a bit of topics I need to cover you know, you know, it's funny. I I actually recorded like uh, this podcast and I'm redoing it and I'm going over these subjects and stuff. But um, what happened was it got, it got uh, I, I hit I press record. And then by the end of it, when I'm done, I press record again, you know, to get the extract the file. And it said, oh, complete memory loss. So I was like, ah, shit. But I'm, I'm happy to be doing this again because it does give me a little bit of time to sharpen up on what I'm going to talk about. And that's what I do like, you know, because with this podcast, I, I do want to push the best content I can. And when I get a, a little bit of a second to breathe and come back to something, it does help. But I just want to say thank you guys for listening. And I'm going to jump right into it and talk about the, the death of John Witherspoon. Um, The death of John Witherspoon is really fucking sad because this year I saw him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And it was really cool, you know, because I, I've never seen that one-on-one kind of interview with John Witherspoon. I mean, I've seen little things here and there. I've seen him when he's recording for the Boondocks. And the thing is with John Witherspoon, like, he has been a part of so many cult- culturally significant uh, movies and television. Like, he, everything he's done has been fairly culturally significant. I mean, from his work with Marlon Wayans, he did stand-up with uh, Richard Pryor, um you know, to, to Friday, of course, to Boondocks, like the most notable. But, you know, John Witherspoon's a hell of a dude and a hell of a comedian. I think the thing is, like, with his death, like, w- when I heard he died, it just was, like, such a fucking, like, shot to the head a little bit because, man, I grew up on his movies, you know. I mean, I'm only um 21, but I did watch, I watched so many of his movies. I'm such a fucking fan. And, um, I don't know, man, it, it's, I'm a huge fan of, um, you know what he what he did in um the podcast with Joe Rogan just just him being himself because I never really got to see him outside of television but you really see he's not as different he's very he's very um eccentric very interesting and very much he's very sharp I know like people don't exactly see that I know that I know that in the past like he got older and and things may have changed but if you go back and watch his comedy he's really sharp he's really witty he's really clever and he's a good writer. He's super. He's super talented, and he had such an impact, I think, on the comedy scene. And I, I think his energy, just, just that loving, carefree, I don't give a fuck energy, is super special. And in the podcast he did with Joe Rogan and his son, you know, it was really cool. Um, even you know, you can go and go to JD's YouTube channel. There's this really a uh, cool video. It's a dedication to to him. It's a dedication to John Witherspoon. And uh, it was really beautiful, you know, it was just, just a couple of clips, you know, him cooking, him hanging out and all of that. But I want to play uh, this uh, speech from Sean Wayans that I really enjoyed. It, he did it at the, the funeral for John Witherspoon. And there were quite a, a bit of really, there were quite a lot of really good speeches. Uh, no, not quite a lot. There were a lot of really good speeches and everything. But what I love about this speech was just, I mean, it's Sean Wayans. I'm a big fan of him. And he does crack a lot of good punchlines, and he does go off the cuff a little bit, so I'm going to play this. John T-Boy's boy with his pool. 
That was my dude, man. Um, uh, I first fell in love with John's comedy back when he did uh, Hollywood Shuffle. He played the old dude, uh, whole cakes. Everybody loves whole cakes, whole cakes, yes. <laughs> Everybody loves whole cakes. Hoes got to eat too. <laughs> I fell in love with his car. I fell in love right there. Like he had me at hoes got to eat too. That was my line. I was like, I was like, that's my dude. I went back home, and um, when I seen Keenan, I was like, who was that dude, man? Who played? Who played that old dude? He's like, oh, that's John Witherspoon. I was like, man, I gotta meet him one day. So, um, you know, finally we met him uh, on uh, Robert Townsend Partners in Crime, and he was always doing something funny, and it was really good to meet him. And as me and Marlon got older and, and um, started uh, moving on in our comedy career, we was like, yo, when we do our show, that dude's gonna be our father. That's going to be our pops right there. And we were little boys, but we knew that that dude was going to be our dad. So we finally got the opportunity to do our show. And originally our show was done on NBC. We shot our pilot for NBC. And we wanted John Witherspoon, but NBC didn't want him. But we hired him anyway. They, they, they wanted, <laughs> yeah, it was like we didn't care. It was like, that's our pops. That's pops. That's it. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. So um, the show didn't get picked up on NBC. <laughs> but they dangled that carrot on in front of us because we was on the bubble of one of those shows that would have been picked up. Um, but they kind of, you know, they wanted us to hire a different dad. They wanted, actually, they wanted Danny Glover. Listen, we all love Danny Glover. I think he's a tremendous actor, but I couldn't see him on our show calling me and Marlon over to talk about, get Marlon Shaw, get in here. Get in here! I'm getting too old for this mess! <laughs> Get in here! <laughs> so, so they didn't pick us up. As Letterman would say, pinheads. They didn't pick us up, and um, NBC, they was like, they was kind of dangling the carrot saying that if, if, uh, we would get rid of the dad, they would pick us up. If you change it up, Negroes will do it. And I was like, nah. It's like, forget it. We, we just won't do the show. Luckily for us, Warner Brothers, WB, started a network, and they needed a flagship show, and our show was the show that kicked off. Yeah. Are y'all playing me off already? Like, nigga, keep your hands up here, nigga. Don't you keep them up high. You stay. You're killing my time. Don't give me the light at the funeral. <laughs> Behind your head, nigga. <laughs> it's cold in here. They got this on a white people funeral. What are y'all doing? What? Who's at the thermostat? So, so I remember um, John was special, man. Um, just an incredible man. Uh, me, me and Marlon had so much fun doing Wayne's Brothers with him. Uh, Cedric was right. This brother did love some chicken. Yes, this man. <laughs> On the, f <laughs> the first week of Wayne's Brothers, we were rehearsing, and he went to Pollo Loco and bought a really big bag of chicken, a whole bag of chicken. And me and Marlon was like, oh, man, that's beautiful, man. He went out and bought the cash lunch. This nigga ate that whole bag of chicken by himself. <laughs> he ate the bird on the bag. He killed that whole... He, 
He ate, ate every part of that chicken. He ate the butt. He, and he used to explain to you, too. Like, I was like, ew, the booty. He's like, yes, oh, brother, you got to eat the booty. That's, that's where all the vitamin B is, see? <laughs> that's where all the vitamin B is, see? Whenever you seen John on screen, he was always eating some food. Mm-hmm, see? Mm-hmm. Whatever he was eating, it looked like he was eating chicken. He could eat some grapes and find a bone in it. Really, nigga? A bone in a grape? Really? Oh, yeah, Steve. <laughs> he would always um, give us advice, you know, because it is really hard trying to be a, a young brother, trying to navigate yourself in the, uh, the network world, trying to, you know, do a TV show and keeping your cool. He would keep our cool because me and Marlon would go crazy because a lot of times, you know, you're not able to do the show that you want to do. And, you know, sometimes I was like, yo, man, I'm going to quit. He's like, no, shh, 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 shh. You never want to say you're going to quit, Sean. See, you got to get them keys. See? They always tell us about the keys. The keys is syndication, brother. You want to get to syndication, see? See, when you, get to, when you get to syndication, see, brother, you've got them keys, see? Then you go to south of France and, and hang out and, you know, go to the nude beach. And read the paper, read the paper, brother. That's what I do. I read the paper. <laughs> Hi, Angie. <laughs> and um, um, and uh, so he told, told us to stay cool and, um, you know, just focus on what you can do and how you can make the show better. And we did, and we got them keys. And, um, you know... The show's history, and he he was a huge part of that show. That show would not be what it is without John Witherspoon. So thank you, John Witherspoon. Um. So yeah, that was very moving. I do like just how Sean did touch on like the history and how we met him. I, I thought that was that was definitely one of the best speeches I've seen at a funeral. Um, yeah, so rest in peace to John Witherspoon. You know, he's always going to be remembered. One of the best comedians ever, and especially off the cuff. Really good improv- improvisational guy, improvisational um, type of comedian. And just overall hilarious fucking dude. And I'm going to tap in a little bit. I guess this is old news, but I just want to go over this real quick. Uh, Nate and Jorge Masvidal. The the Nate and the Jorge Masvidal fight, that was, such a, that was a really good card. Um everything on it Darren Till versus Gastelum um Vicente Luque versus Wonderboy uh Derek Lewis uh, every everything about it it was definitely like a really fun fight it was you know whenever um I I, I try to watch I mean I stream the shit you know like the, listen it costs a lot of money but I, I I did love watching the fights I did I it was really a comeback season um I saw Derek Lewis he he had a comeback Wonderboy uh, Darren Till, you know, Jorge Masvidal this year has been a major comeback for him. Nate made a comeback against Pettis and did well. But, you know, like I said, man, Jorge Masvidal, whew, man. you know, Nate is also, they're both bad motherfuckers. They fought for that belt, you know, the BMF belt that Nate created, you know, when he called out Jorge. But Jorge, man, that fight was really brutal. You know, at first I was kind of against the, the stoppage, but then when you look at the eye, you see how deep it is. It looks so fucking bad. But yeah, no, they're, they're really good, man. Like it was a great fight. Um, the rock being there was a little weird, but I think a major gym was a uh, Derek Lewis. He had this interview in the octagon and it was probably, I think to me, it's funnier than the one he did originally, uh, from 229. 10 years ago, 
Let me turn down the ad real quick. YouTube. One, two, okay, here we go. We go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. Dave Torelli scores the contest 30-27. Lewis. Eric Cohen scores it 29-28. Ivanov. And Chris Lee scores the contest 29-28. For the winner by split decision, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. First of all, Derek, congratulations. I know you went through a, a rigorous strength and conditioning routine prior to this fight. How much of an impact did that have on your performance? Um, that was all my, my team, Alyssa at Grindhouse, Larry Cole, and Crew Bob Perez. And, uh, man, I appreciate everybody for coming out and showing me support. Uh, shout out to that boy, Donald Trump. I know everything ain't going good in the White House. He got to turn that around in 2020. <laughs> Derek, you hit that guy with bombs. Were you surprised that he was able to endure those shots? Yeah, for sure. I really tried to hit him in that booty hole that he got on his chest. But my hands are too wet. I know he like it raw in that ass. So, it's my fault. Uh, okay. Listen, Derek, congratulations on another amazing performance. It's always a pleasure to watch you fight. Good luck to you in the future, sir. Derek Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. But, no, it was funny, though, like, with the... That, that interview was great and shit. The president showed up. It, it was in Madison Square Garden. You know, it was it was definitely a full marquee. But The Rock being there at the weigh-in, like, the weigh-in, I, I kind of sensed, like, it was very awkward. <laughs> But considering, like, he's doing the movie about Mark Kerr, I get why he would want to be there to promote it. And it's pretty interesting how the stars aligned, you know, how he shows up. It's Everything was perfect, you know, for The Rock to try and capitalize off of it. Uh, but Roberto Duran being there was really interesting. I did see footage of Roberto Duran giving Jorge Masvidal advice on fighting Nate. And it was, like, regarding throwing an uppercut if Nate comes in close, you know, uh, using his reach advantage. But, I mean, I'm just saying, it was a really cool fight. A lot of the footage surrounding it was very interesting. The Rock, you know, like, it was... I, I did like Nate's response to, to The Rock and stuff, you know, because cause Nate Diaz, you know, he did he did end up losing the fight. He was having... He was definitely having a rough time afterwards. But, you know, overall, I think it was a big payday for everybody. So, I most part, you know, it is competition. This shit happens. But this video of Nate talking shit will cheer you up a little bit. Start the fight to get the fight because they're not giving me no fights, you know what I'm saying? And I know they're not gonna give me another good fight that, 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 that I want because I've already been through it. So, uh, it's kind of like, <sighs> give me, give me what the fuck I deserve, you know what I'm saying? I think, I think, uh, I, I believe I deserve a rematch. I've given mine and, uh, to answer your question, yeah, it's great. It's a big historical thing, whatever. I'm dealing with the loss right now, so. But, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty pretty cool to come out here and uh, headline Madison Square Garden and be this big of a deal. And, like I said, the president came out and all this stuff. Man, ain't no ever, no president never came out for no fight. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, think that, I think that the people could understand that. You know what I'm saying? When I spit it, that I wanted the man to all fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, even people are too big to talk about the fighters, you know, superstars and shit. 
they saw it and they could feel it too. That's what drove the president here. That's what drove any anybody to watch. Cause they they're like, no, we know. Cause a lot of these, I see I see superstars all the time, and I find out they know me and like me, and they give me shots out and shit. And I'm like, because as long as they've been superstars, <clears throat> fifteen years, fifteen years ago, they wasn't even superstars yet. They was watching me on TV fight people. So they see, they see, and that's what uh, that's what I think believe I believe brings all the attention is that. Uh, they can, they can hear and they can feel the real. On that side, fuck him. I'm on the West Coast side. Mike Tyson should have been here anyway. He's the baddest man on the planet, right? He should have been the one. He should have been the one over here. Uh, I'm over here on the rock, huh? <laughs> you guys caught me under, under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. <laughs> but he picked the wrong side. He picked another side, so he could get it, too. He could get an ass whipped, too. Yeah, no, that was that was really fucking hilarious. So, but yeah, I kind of agree with Nate in the sense, like you know, it was kind of weird having him there. But I mean, I mean, it made I, I guess whatever. Like they did their their uh, promotion, so it worked. But I want to talk, you know, before I move on, I want to talk about like this weird shit Ti was saying about. Um, I think it it was something involving this podcast where he talked about his uh, daughter, his youngest daughter, where you know, if she has a birthday or anything like he'll put a no on her door and says gynecologist tomorrow. And he says that he talks to the gynecologist, like to make sure she's a virgin. And like, I'm pretty sure like you guys, like me, when you heard about this shit, you were just kind of like weirded out. Cause it's, I don't know. Like since T- I got a podcast, I mean, you know, the thing is that's interesting with podcasts. That I do appreciate is like, you really get to show who you are because you can't fake anything really. You know, you're, you're talking for X amount of time. You know, you, you have to be yourself and, I think this side, this side of Ti showed up at a very weird time, very weird time, because he's put out this podcast expeditiously. You know, these past few months, he's really been promoting it, working on it, and you know, one thing that's weird is like with Ti in the podcast, he, he does, you know, he'll have interesting guests. Like he's had Alex Jones, Killer Mike, that's interesting. But what I don't like is all the ad placement. There's way too much ad placement on the podcast. Like every five minutes. He does like these ad placements and they're not exactly sequenced in a way where you know you're going away from the interview. And it, it just it doesn't feel natural. It feels like, again, it's radio on a podcast. But with um, T.I., like not to say there isn't any interesting conversation, but but with T.I. in this this uh, scenario, again, this is weird as a, as a whole. Like it's just weird as, weird as shit. I don't think any, you know, dad should be that close to that kind of a situation. Um, you know, and I just don't get... I know why he'd want to, you know, bring this out to the public, you know, talk about this to the public or even say it like it's not going to do anything for him. Um, It's really weird. I know really weird. I I was just kind of shocked. You know, I still kind of am. You know, it's a weird thing to do, like a weird thing to say. And it makes me think like, you know, like how I like it just it just seems like controlling abusive thing. You know, if if I'm going to come out here and be completely honest and, and objective um, you know, because if this were anyone, any Joe Schmo who said this, you know, uh, you know, on the street, like if, you know, whatever, imagine, you know, someone just told this to you that they do this, you're going to be like, wow, man, you're kind of creepy. That's really weird. Same thing with T.I. This feels creepy. It feels weird. And, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go. I'm not judging T.I. as a whole, but th- this is definitely a weird fucking thing that shouldn't have been said. I mean, I'm not a father, but even if I was, I wouldn't want in a relationship like 
that close. But I know I just find it all weird, you know, considering like someone of that caliber should know better. But again, I think with the podcast, you know, the format is people think that I think with the podcast format, it's interesting because people are coming in thinking they can just kind of cash in off of uh, what's already been, you know, paved. And and I get it, but <laughs> I feel like certain people are going to expose themselves. And that's what's going to happen. Like, I think T.I. is kind of exposing himself a little bit because even on one podcast, you know, he's talking about relationships and you just see his bias. Like he doesn't he isn't really coming from a very um, op- I, I wouldn't say um, I don't I don't I think he's coming from a very narrow perspective. And, and that's just where I'm coming from. I think he, he comes from a narrow perspective on certain topics, but he does seem very smart. I do like I do think he is smart. And I do think that he's really good at debating certain people. Like, he did pretty good with Alex Jones. He's done good with Candace Owens. But, like I said, the more that people podcast, the more that they're going to expose themselves somewhat to the world. So, I don't know. I think there's if they're trying to hide a picture, they can't really hide it anymore. You know, it, it is what it is. And it's messed up. But, yeah, this whole entire scenario, I think it's wrong. Um, I, I don't agree with it in any way. I just wanted to touch on it. But... Let's talk about we're gonna segue into the baby's album. So the baby released Kirk. Um Kirk Kirk, what I really did like about the album was just like it was a very consistent project throughout. It just had a nice flow to it. And the baby you could tell he he's a lot more confident. Uh on the intro of the project, he also does do something different with you know, as a whole, like I feel like content wise he's expanding himself. You know, we're on on uh, Kirk the intro song he talks about his father dying not knowing what to do you know the stress of everything and you know with records like and, and the, again you you got the bangers you got you know the you got vibes you got uh toes uh really and uh raw shit with migos which is one of my favorites but the intro is a great record you know because it really opens opens uh up the project in a good way it shows more of the introspective side but it's a great listen. I definitely recommend this album, uh, Kirk, you know, by the baby. I did enjoy it. You know, it's a solid project and yeah, no, definitely check it out. And speaking, speaking of albums too, like Joyner Lucas, I feel like, man, like we've been waiting on on Joyner Lucas ADHD for a minute. And, um, I really enjoy Joyner Lucas's music and his style because, you know, one thing you, with Joyner Lucas, you can go back and trace like his discography, like his evolution, but it's really cool to see what he's doing now when he's dropping singles. But I'm just wondering, man, when is he going to drop ADHD? I mean, I know I know on the Sugar remix, he talked about dropping his album at Increment, saying it's a social experiment, which begs me to think, like, is this the release, like, releasing it throughout the year? I mean, that could be the release. It's just nothing really surprises me anymore in this era. So, I mean, we, he could be, what, sneak releasing? Not really sneak releasing, but... I'm just wondering, like, what does he mean by this? Like, why hasn't the album dropped yet? Because there's all this, like, clout about, you know, Joyner Lucas and Eminem doing a record, you know, uh, called What If I Told You I Was Gay, which is definitely interesting considering, I I mean, I mean, what is it? Is it there could be a possibility Eminem is gay. I wouldn't really put that past anything. I, I think, honestly, like, you might... I think it's kind of obvious at this point. I I know people don't want to say anything, but I'll say it. I think it's pretty fucking obvious. I mean, you watch the movie, uh, the interview, you watch, I know you listen to his music. You you pick things apart. You kind of see, I, 
I don't know. You know, you <laughs> you kind of look feel like when when someone keeps on revisiting a subject, like maybe that's you know, like it is what it is. Though I don't want to poke too far, but like that's just kind of how I see things. You know, it's it's a little it's a little obvious, but maybe this is just them trying to troll the world and fuck with people. And I I'm, I might just be wrong. Who knows? You know, but in the case of Jordan Lucas, what I do appreciate is that he does like to make that provoking music. He does like to push the boundaries. Like with the I'm Not Racist record, like that record definitely pushed a lot of boundaries and it was very divisive where people were doing debates about it in classes. You know, people were talking about how like, like, should he even make this record? Should he even explore the perception of the white guy? Should he even explore the perception of the Trump supporter? You know, X, Y, and Z. And uh, this the video, I think there, there's a couple of series of videos to check out, but the debates are really interesting considering. Um, but I do like music that can start conversations, you know, open up pathways. And I, I do appreciate that about Joanna Lucas and the hype surrounding him is legitimate. Um, and it, it's for real. So definitely. So shout out to, to Joanna Lucas. Um, ADHD I'm excited for. And I do like the record he did with Meek Mill. So that that's a fact. Um Eminem and Lord Jamar beefing. I'm kind of over this shit. I don't really care about it anymore. I think people, the, 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 it's kind of stupid that they're beefing at this point. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think, I mean, at first it was a nice like little promotional. Um, it was a nice little promotional tool for DJ Vlad, but now it's at a point where it's it's created something really stupid. And uh, Eminem and Lord Jamar beefing. I don't know. I just don't care anymore. It's not really necessary. Like the, the and then once you once you reach a point like beef is just so stupid. You know, like, once you reach a certain age, it's like, you guys are in your fucking 40s. You got to stop it. You know, you can't be beefing. Um, Danny Brown's album. So let's talk about Danny Brown's album. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? P- possibly might be album album of the year in my eyes. Um, you know, you know, as far as, like, what I'm saying, like, like what I'm seeing in hip-hop, uh, Danny Brown, this might be album of the year. Um for sure because like i don't know like this whole entire record i haven't this is i think danny brown like this feels really raw like it, it does have production from q-tip but overall it has a very raw sound but it's polished in some areas mostly where q-tip shows up but this is this is still danny brown mind you so this is still you know very what is it abstract uh, obscure lyricism but the records that I love the most are Three Tears, definitely my personal favorite, featuring Run the Jewels, Dirty Laundry, the music video is really good, uh, the theme song, Best Life, You Know What I'm Saying, uh, Shine, like, on, I, I mess with every song on this album, it's 11 tracks, and it's an album that you can you can listen to straight through, and yeah, Danny Brown, I really like Danny Brown, and I remember when I heard that he was linking up with Q-Tip, I got very excited because this is a follow-up to Atrocity Exhibition, and Atrocity Exhibition is a really, again, like like I considered one of the best projects in 2016, but Danny Brown, he took a different route, you know, he grew up a little bit, cut his hair, you know, and he feels like, you know, maybe his, he, I think Danny Brown said that he felt like his fan base kind of retreated a little bit when he did that, and he started to grow up and mature, but you know, this album is still Danny Brown. It's not like, oh, it's it's like Chance the Rapper's Big Day and shit. It's like, he's still Danny Brown. He's still Savage. It's a great fucking album. And I, I recommend you go listen to it, you know. And as far as, like, mixtapes, like, un- unknown mixtape, like, mixtape of the week, I got to shout out uh, the White Album. Now, if you, like, do what I'm doing. So go on Datpiff. 
and search up the white album. I mean, no, the gray album. <laughs> no, the gray album. Duh. The gray album. So basically, it's a mashup of um, Jay-Z and the Beatles. So I'm not the biggest Beatles fan, but it's a, it was a cre- hosted by DJ Danger. I think it was... T- yeah, created. Yeah, by it was created by Danger Mouse, and it mashes up Jay Z's The Black Album with the uh, The Beatles The White Album. You know, obvious purposes. They call it the Gray Album. Really interesting. Listen, if you're looking for something, um, and uh, now I just want to give a shout out to uh, Milo. He's an artist that uh, I got put on to. I'm gonna play one of his records. He's really dope. Anyway, thank you. Just uh, take a listen to to his track. Has the filthy fits. Black Lives Matter. Or, or, or. Scout, 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 Scout. Lupe Fiasco is is actually back, which is really tripping me out because uh, I don't know. I, I was on YouTube last week and I saw that Lupe Fiasco dropped something new called uh, Hey Lupe. And then I then I looked a little bit deeper because he hasn't dropped anything since uh, Drogas Wave, which was actually quite recent. Um, what is it? Uh, hey Lupe, where is that at? Yeah, so it's from a Chili Spotlight. It's like a three track single. And it's a uh, Lupe Fiasco and Wild Style, and I think Wild Style, yeah, they're they're a band, and they they teamed up. Definitely, this is something you need to check out. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of not too too far of a different sound for Lupe. It's a little funky, but he sounds really good over it, and it's definitely worth listening to and checking it out. Just just a little bit of a recognition uh, recommendation. I'm not looking at iTunes. Look, Ozzy has a new single, Under the Graveyard. Huh. 
Uh, oh well. Um, so yeah, so Lupe is back, and let's talk about uh, Kanye West's Jesus is King. So the the Jesus is King project um, has a you know it, it's kind of been a little bit of a divisive project, you know, but overall my consensus musically I, I do like the project, but mainly. Like if you talk about the music, you also gotta talk about Kanye and the context behind it, behind it, and the personality behind it. You have to talk about these things. So, a lot of people beg the question: Is is he faking it, you know, to get the the Christian fan base, or is this a, a legit, you know, transformation to Christianity, or is this just a marketing plan? I kind of think it's both. I don't think it's a cut and dry thing. I don't think it's cut and dry where where Kanye is just trying to. You know, scheme and make money off religion. I don't. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. But do I think that he does have an influence of Christianity? And I do think that he is religious. And that if you go back to his, it's kind of full circle. If you think about Jesus walks and you think about this project, Jesus is King. You know, Jesus walks. Jesus. Jesus is King. I mean, put two and two together. You know, you see that. You know, like th- this is a recurring theme. He has talked about Jesus before. So it's not like it's some super left field thing. It's not too left field. He has talked about Jesus. All right. And, you know, he has stated that he's Christian. He has stated this before, but maybe he did see the marketing appeal, you know, in it. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he didn't. You know, I do think he saw the marketing appeal. But do I believe he's Christian? Do I believe, you know, the Sunday services he's doing are genuine? Yeah, I, I do. You know, I really do. And I think it's interesting. But the album, I did enjoy it, you know. I, I really enjoyed the project for the most part. I think production-wise, it was pretty good. You know, it's Kanye West. You know, it's it's something for me right now. It doesn't really have a lot of replayability. I just don't feel like going back to it as much. But overall, it's a, it's a solid project. It's a, good, it's, a, it's a pretty good album, you know. It's a short listen. And the music video he did with his father was interesting. And uh, I, I recommend you go check it out. Which record was it off of Jesus is King? Uh, I gotta look into this. So Kanye, it was um, yeah, follow God, yeah, follow God was definitely really a standout record on the project. But you know, I I think the last album, I I did enjoy the last album a little bit more too, a little bit more because I feel like that was a very abstract Kanye, you know, very much abstract Kanye West on on what was it? Uh, Yay, the album Yay. It felt incredibly abstract because I think it was a point where Kanye himself was very lost and the music was reflecting that. It may maybe it was just a, a matter of relatability or something. But I think musically I did like uh Yay a little bit a little bit better. But then again, we're comparing apples and oranges, two different projects. But overall, you know, a solid project. And I think anything is debatable. You can debate. I know YK Osiris recently did the video where he was talking about you know, I mean, I'll pull that up in a sec, actually. But YK Osiris actually made that video about, you know, the music industry being evil. And I mean, is he wrong? You know, I just want to ask, is he really wrong? But let's see what he has to say. All these advertisements. Ugh. I remember when YouTube didn't have these many ads. Rapping and singing is a blessing. You're not using God in vain, in his name in vain. There's not a blessing from God. Stop saying it's a blessing from God. It's not a blessing. 
It's a blessing for it's a blessing from the devil. If you're not using his name, it's a blessing from the devil. So stop saying that it's a God blessing. Cause y'all always talking about these rappers always talking about and giving y'all all these all these stupid ass, stupid ass talks. Oh, this God bless is what God wants you to do. No, this is not what God wants you to do. You go through all this shit. The devil give you all this money. Go through all this shit to destroy yourself. You 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 destroy yourself. This is not God blessing, my nigga. God don't want you to do no. God don't want you to talk about no sex, money, cars, clothes, and hoes. What makes you? What makes you think it's a blessing? What makes you think that? You see, I'm gonna tell you something. They always want you to. You know what these rappers, all these singers, all these big rappers, y'all y'all look up to. They always tell you what the good part about, but you, they never tell you what the bad part. That's the that, and that's crazy, man. Yeah, they got all this money, but get they, they they dealing with emo spirits. They dealing with killing themselves. They dealing with man, come on, man. Like, dude, like, y'all don't understand, my nigga. But, yeah, so so the point around it is, like, do I think that... I do think YK Osiris makes a point. I think it might have been somewhat aimed towards Kanye because this was around the time he dropped his project. But, you know, I do somewhat agree with YK Osiris where, yeah, like, there, there are a lot of people who claim this and that. And, like, the music industry is, you know, for the most part, there's a lot of negative influence and... Even Kanye did talk about it where he felt he wanted to quit rapping and, you know, he was, uh, you know, seeking Christianity more and he felt like hip hop was more immoral. And I mean, shit. And, but Kanye still dropped the album. So, and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, does YK Osiris have a point? I think he does. But do I also believe that you can have Christian hip hop and you could have it sell well and do well? And you can actually be a genuine artist who is, you know, Christian or ha have a faith? Yeah, I'm not saying you can't. But I do agree with YK Osiris. Like, it does seem oddly convenient for Kanye West to do this now, especially after having a streak of unlike unlikability for uh, the, the Trump shit, you know? So I think he might be doing what he can to pick his fan base up or something. But religion runs heavy in a lot of lives of a lot of people, so it would make sense, you know? And But yeah, I did enjoy the project overall. So Jesus is King, pretty solid listen. I think next podcast, I got to talk about Yellow Wolf's Ghetto Cowboy. But other news, 21 Savage made a return with this song, Immortal. Immortal. It, it was cool. You know, I, I, I thought it was good. But to me, like, I really liked his last album. So I, I kind of listening to this new single. Really, it didn't do do too much for me. It was kind of underwhelming. But uh, it, it was all right. You know, you can go check out that 21 Savage uh, Immortal um, record. But I was really wondering, you know, like about the immigration stuff. Because that happened earlier in the year. You know, so I'm happy he, he sewed up whatever he, he had to fix. You know, he, he took care of that. And uh, Drake is in the weed business now, which is pretty interesting. Um, I think I, I, I found a really interesting article regarding this. Hold up. Drake launches cannabis venture with beleaguered canopy growth. And the people who do stay in it, I think they're going to be able to Drake profit. Drake's net worth but four. This is just my opinion. Not, right. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. For uh, as always, I'm very happy. I appreciate it. Um, so, I got big announcements. I'm looking for more uh, sponsorships. I'm putting out content. Never got my newsletter cooking. Growing, yeah, so just I'm keeping more at it and more staying busy. Drake and uh, this coming Friday, I have a video dropping on YouTube called Generation DIY. Stay tuned. More content. 
content, with more content, Seth Rogen, and as always, Jay-Z. more content. Actress Peace and love. I appreciate the listeners. And also have yeah, just check out this playlist. I have a link in the description Despite below. Its partners, Canopy uh, reported my social media, uh, <clears throat> all of that. Like, of one point three yeah, billion dollar loss for listening. Keep rocking in the quarter ending June thirtieth. Both U.S. and Canada-based marijuana companies are struggling in 2019, with share prices tumbling and mergers scrapped. I mean, that article didn't sound too positive, but, um, I mean, he is from Canada. It does make sense. I mean, I, I do think Drake getting into the weed business business does somewhat make sense. I know some people aren't exactly happy with it. They think Drake is this and that, Poppy, whatever. I get it. But overall, you know, I'm not against the him being in the weed business, you know, more power to him, you know, get your money, do your thing. Just pick the right businesses, you know, because the marijuana industry, I know a lot of people, I know I have a differing opinion. I know a lot of people can can say, oh, it's fixed. Like you shouldn't invest in it right now. It's rocky. I think long-term it's, it's a good investment. Short-term, maybe not the moment, but long-term it's going to become legal and it, it's going to become more available to the public. You know, definitely I, I I wonder too. I want to ask, like, you know, this is true. Like, when do you guys think, like, federally, weed will become legal? That's what I what I really want to ask. Like, when do you think on a federal level it's going to be legal, like legal weed? Because I mean, I live in Oregon, so it's legal here. It's legal up above me in Washington. Legal in Canada. Legal in California. So pretty much, I grew up with this legality. You know, for the most part, I was around when when it did become legal in Oregon and Washington. We taking flights, destinations, rock the mic all across the nation. 24-7 we campaign, toast big and drink champagne. Do a B-I-G, B-I-P, and through it all remain sucker free. Kick your feet up, turn the beat up, no funk, no nine millimeters. Thank Jesus for another day, do the best we can, crime no pay. Networking is important, from the Bay to Portland, Oregon. Chase Hill, gang for real. Taylor, that's a big deal. Push the name till it's played out. Dirty dead presidents laid out. Another city, another flow. Plant a seed, watch it grow. Bonafide, qualified. And me and mine, we stay functified. Dot your I's, cross your T's, stack your G's, blow your trees. Game like 360 degrees. Break a bitch down to her knees. Jefferson's, Hamilton's. Shake the dice, now we're gambling. The average individual couldn't handle it. And most of these bitches, they scam. From Portland to the Bay, you know we always got in place Running through Rip City with rapping forte Portland to the Bay, just trying to bring a bad and better day So we rolling in the whip on the west side, ayy We just never trying to hate, we always rapping out of state Running through the film, no, with rapping forte Falling to the bed, just tryna bring a bad a better day. So we rolling in the whip on the west side, ayy. It's true, I'm good. Me and Forte, we're just living how we should. Killer vibes, wish you would. Up with the kites, don't fly too high. Oregon to Cali, the west still rides. If you're not the best, then you might not slide. Let the dogs out, so you better go hide. That's your ass if you don't move fast. Act like a postman, move and dash. I've been hungry out on a fast. Path to the cash, you can be ho, you can be dash. You can be the answer, you can be the past. Just catch a wave. Wave. It's fine, 
I'm cool, submerged in the game, fuck dipping in the pool Mushroom cat, tripping like a fool Up the escalator, eternal duel Stuck in the matrix, what's Neo to do? Prerogatives twisted, establishing truth Mask on for the future, you're hiding from you Just catch your wave, razor sharp tongue, cannot be saved Chase Hallett, don't catch my blaze Me and Forte, just another day Back to the players club, nobody's safe Nobody's safe from Portland to the Bay, you know we always got in place Running through Red City with rapping Forte Portland to the Bay, just trying to bring about a better day So we rolling in the whip on the west side We us never try to hate, we always rapping out of state Running through the film with rapping Forte Falling to the bed, just trying to bring about a better day. So we rolling in the whip on the west side. Hey. Majin M, that's the name. I'm a god that can't be tamed. Search for truth and broke the chain. So now I'm free to end the game. Reckless, check this. Suck a boy off my death list. Then I go and meditate on my next hit. You guessed it. Got a bad witch, she a scorpion. Feel the flame like scorpion. Inferno with these flows, but that's just my steeds, bro. Peep game on the enemy. Weird spirits ain't no friend of me They get washed away by the energy With the energy, are you feeling me? Machiavelli is the feeling, man Came back still feeling pain It's a cold world for a young king But I'm in a thing Showing off the fangs with the peaky rain Screaming Wu-Tang I don't wanna have to be the blame For the reason that they don't know your name I'm just being me, feeling hella free Smoking on the tree in the 503 With the main man, mainframe And if these haters ain't with it Then I gotta let them hang by their own chain Put the game on a crutch while I smoke on a Dutch Rolling out loud, dropping the clutch Seems a little much, head on a swivel Eyes on the prize, persuade me to decline I'ma have to deny, one with my spirit Way on my chakra, sensory deprivation Won't take my supply, psychedelic hell You not melt into tides, uh The world is broken, the sky is polluted The kids are corrupted, the music's diluted I lose it, I panic, I break into stanzas Time is the present, the love is the essence Marley and Pac looking down, wishing we'd fix what we scarred Put in the stitches, drag our spirit out of ditches Rise on up and take what's ours Spread some peace and spit some bars Live it up, we'll hit the stars Smoke that dank and mix that shatter IPAs all in my bladder Portland to the bay, we aren't that scattered I fuck with Cali, that's family matter Forte's a trailblazer, he's led the wave San Fran held down for days, decades of work Put the culture first, JT provided outreach to the people Brother was bumping too short, 40 nicotine Ghost ride the whip, I'll set the scene up. RP Mac Dre, we see ya. Mr. FAB gets mad props. Hustling music as a cash crop. Remember, bumping only God can judge me. Little fish found the surface above him. I can't forget about P-Town, my neighbor city. Hit my first shows, that shit was litty. Transferred from the mic to the midi. Honed my craft, dropped a few bucks. Props to OGs like Cool Nuts. Ill Mac, now the torch is passed. Greenhouse, no remorse, and that's the way we ride. Majin M, Savage Times, Jamez, making heat. Mainframe, laying beats, reverberated all through the streets. I'm Chase Hill, and don't forget, I'm coming for the throne, that's where I'll sit. If you said we could never do it, here's the proof we are the movement.